you know, if, you're, if you've already given your offering, I'd like you to stand up one more time. Just lift your hands. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to honor God. Amen. We're just going to just welcome him in, get our hearts prepared for this word. The greatest speaker I've ever known, one of the greatest pastors, greatest for me in the world is Pastor Reggie Scarborough. I'm excited about him coming. How many of you are excited about Pastor Reggie coming? I know he's got a word out of his heart from God for us. And before he comes, I want you to lift your hands and just begin to thank God. Come on, just begin to thank God. Come on, thank him. Thank him. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord which is the pillar and ground of the truth. Think about it. We get to receive the wonderful word of life that changes our course in life. Amen. It's so good to be with you here in Florence and those listening uh, and streaming. We're just so glad to be here. God's good. Just say this with me. My God is always good. He will do exceeding, abundantly, above anything I can ask or think as His power is at work in me. Glory to God. Come on and shout and give Him praise before you're seated. Amen. Well, you may be seated. This is the first time in my life I've gone somewhere to preach, and the pastor got up and preached my message before I even got to get to it. My, my text this morning is Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. I was going to do all the verses, but we'll just pull those two because that's where I was going. There are two things there that's mentioned in this text, and I believe this. I believe there are wonderful truths in the Old Covenant, but you always want to go to the New Covenant to find out what was concealed in the Old, what's revealed in the New. Jesus is the one who talked about trust. He said he called it faith. In the, in the Old Covenant, the word trust is all-encompassing. It covers a lot of things. Faithfulness, God's moving on your back. It covers a lot of things. But when you come over to the New Covenant, it dissects the different parts of trust. And it begins with what Jesus said in, about faith in Mark eleven twenty two. He says, have faith. In God. I want you to point to somebody and say, all of us are to have faith in God. Do you remember what Jesus said? When I come, I'm going to be looking for faith. When he comes to the earth, that's what he's going to be looking for. You say, what is that all about? Well, if you go all the way back to Habakkuk, the second chapter and the fourth verse, or beginning actually verses 1 through 5, he begins talking about, the prophet Habakkuk begins talking about all the trouble that he's seeing. And we, we certainly can relate to that today with all the trouble we're seeing in our society. This is what he was seeing, all the shootings like we're seeing, all the mess that we're seeing. He was seeing all of these things, and he was very troubled. And what troubled him was it didn't seem to Habakkuk that God was even noticing. Have you ever had something going on in your family that it didn't look like God was even aware of? You knew He was. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. But if you went by what you saw, it didn't look like He was even mindful of you. Have you ever been there? I've been there. But listen to the divine response to the prophet Habakkuk from God. 
He said, Habakkuk, I will, I want everybody to say out loud, I will. I will work a work in your day, even though it be told you it's going to be hard for you to believe. I want to tell you the same thing is true for you today. It may look like God's not listening. It may look like you've been left. But I want you to know he'll work a work in your life, in your family, in your circumstances. Though it be told you, it would be hard to believe. Jesus went on to say, have faith in God for whoever says to the mountain. How many of you got some mountains? Amen. Amen. It's not talking about a physical mountain. He's talking about mountains of life. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. I want you to know faith works two primary ways. Faith works towards God. Jesus said, have faith in God. But it also shows us in the very next verse, 23, that he's saying you can use your faith against things. Amen. It's always in God, but one is towards God and the other's against it. I mean, every weapon that comes against you, hallelujah, everything the enemy means for evil, God has given you authority. Jesus said, I looked and I behold Satan fell like lightning. Amen. He said, behold, I give you power to tread on scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be impossible with you. I want you to lift your hands up, look at that thing, and say it is not impossible. Say this, all things are possible to him that believes. And shout out loud, tell somebody, I believe that. Say that out loud, I believe that. Glory to God. I think about it. He went through There's no other place that the exact phraseology of have faith in God is found. But in these four places, in, in the, starting in the old, in Habakkuk, he goes up there. Finally, he comes to chapter 2. We, we do it to keep up with what saints a letter to us. But we do it. We break it down so we can find it. But in, in Habakkuk 2, and uh, he says this. He said, I, what am I going to do in the meantime? In other words, what am I going to do when the Lord begins to speak to me? He said, I'm going to set myself on a rampart or on the wall and see what it is that the Lord will say to me when I'm directed. Use the word corrected, directed, when I am corrected. How many of you have had the Lord, you didn't get the answer at first, you were struggling with the answer, but you waited on God and God began to do something in you. Sometimes he's waiting. You say, why is he waiting? Because sometimes he wants to just do something in us. Hallelujah. Amen. I've had, you know, God always comes through, but he doesn't always come through exactly when I want him to. He doesn't pay up every Saturday night. How many of you found that true? Amen. But he always comes through. He's not a man that should lie or the son of man that have to repent has he not said it and will he not do it and the answer is he will come on and say that he will say this every single time and I will add this little thing to it and when it doesn't look like it he's always got something better You can never lose with God. I've seen people with healing. Listen, I believe in healing. I see people healed. I love the message of healing. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace put upon him. With his stripes we're healed. But when people don't get it and they don't always get healed in this life. And I'm going to tell you something. Every single time they get something better. He talked about in Hebrews, these all died in the faith, not having received the promise. God having provided something better. I want to 
to tell you something. Just walk through your life. When something doesn't walk out, work out exactly the way you think it should, just be looking around for the better. This didn't come, but God's got something better. I keep my faith right on in God. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Every voice that rises against me in judgment is condemned already. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord. I'm going to walk. I'm going to talk. I'm going to pray. I'm going to testify. I'm going to do what I need to do and watch God do what I cannot do. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise. Have faith in God. Let me tell you something. Jesus said this. This is so, or the Apostle Paul said this actually in Romans 1.16. He said, I'm not ashamed. I want you to know today, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For herein, now notice this, the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed, just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk, go all the way back to Habakkuk. He's saying, what am I going to do in the meantime? He said, everything's going on around me. But he says this in Habakkuk 2 and verse 4, in the meantime, I'm going to live by my faith. Galatians 3.11 says the exact same thing. I'm going to live by faith. Hallelujah. And then Hebrews 10.38 puts it a little differently, but using the same phraseology exactly. He said this, I'm going to live by faith, but if my soul draws back, if any man draws back from faith, my soul will have no pleasure in him. And then he said in verse 6, he said, but if any man draw back, or like we would say, would not have faith, he can't please God. He said this, he who comes to God must, I want you to point yourself, say, I must. He must what? Believe that God is. No need to pray to somebody you don't believe exists. You must believe that God is, but not just that he is or was or shall be. He's present help in time of trouble. Glory to God. God is present help right now. What are you facing right now? God's come with a word to encourage you. He's come to strengthen you. He's come to build you up so that your faith is strong and you face that challenge and you face that obstacle and you say, hallelujah, I'm encouraged today in the Word. I'm encouraged in the Spirit, and I know in whom I have believed, and I'm fully persuaded that what He's promised, He will bring that to pass. Come on, punch somebody and tell them I believe that. Faith in God is an important thing. What in the world is it? It's simple. Faith in God is so simple. He gave us the exact definition in verse 1 of Hebrews 11. Now faith is. So this is what it is. What is it? It's the substance of things you hope for. Now, when you lose your hope, you've lost your faith. Have you ever been around somebody that was hopeless? Have you ever been feeling hopeless yourself? Let me tell you something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's where it starts. But what else is it? It's the evidence of what you can't see. I want to say this to you. If you can see it, you don't need faith. If I were believing God for a rolling keyboard, this is right up here on this stage, and I didn't have one, that is my faith is my rolling keyboard until I actually see it. What is faith? It's the substance of something you hope for, the evidence of something you can't yet see. I see my son serving God. He doesn't look like he's serving God, right? I see my daughter serving God. She may not look like she's serving God, right? 
but you see it by faith. You embrace it by faith. You stand by faith. It's the substance of what you hope for, the evidence of what you can't see. I remember years ago now, many years ago, all three of my boys now are serving God and doing well, but there was a time one of them particularly was not doing well at all. And I was having a time with him, just a difficult time. And I remember two friends would pray with me often on Saturday night, a man and his wife. You, you can remember them. They came here and preached many times over the years, Brother Ward and Miss Jean. They were praying with me one night in a prayer meeting, just the three of us on Saturday night. They'd come pray with me Saturday nights often. And uh, I said, we need to pray about my son. I just feel like God wants to do something. How many of you got a daughter or son you believe God wants to do something in their life? It's not yet seen. You haven't seen it yet, but you're believing for it. And so we started praying, and all of a sudden, something deeper than words called travail, intercession, took hold with my spirit together against that thing going on in his life. And while I was on my floor praying, just interceding, giving everything I had to it to God to use, All of a sudden, I had what you call a little mini-vision. I saw my son in the Spirit on his face before God. I got up from there, and I told Brother Ward Miss Jean, I said, we've got it. I've got it. Three weeks later, just three weeks, say this, just three weeks, I saw exactly in the natural what I had already seen in the Spirit. And you know what? He's never gone back out in the world. He's served God ever since. My friends, keep trusting Keep believing. Keep walking. Keep walking in your righteousness. Keep wa- I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging bread. God is good. God is good. God is good. Every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights with his no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If it's not good, it's not God. Even when he corrected Ananias and Sapphira, it was good for the early church. There's a judgment side of God, but most of that has been put off until the end of the age. But I want you to know something. God is good, but the goodness of God sometimes corrects us. Can you say amen? It's a powerful thing to live for God, to walk with God, to walk in holiness. You know, today, most people don't seem to have any issue about living however they want to. And, and then there's a big teaching on grace that just goes kind of with the, with the attitude you can live any way you want to and still go to heaven. But I have news for you, friends. I want you to hear this old man, gray-haired man, who's going to see Jesus for long. I'm excited about it. But I want you to know this. Let me tell you what grace is very simply. Before Jesus, you're on the outside with no way to come on the inside. You have no way to get in. And God comes while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. He comes by His grace. And He says, I'm going to give you a way into the kingdom. Hallelujah. I'm going to grace you to come in. He says, by grace are you saved. Now notice, through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works of righteousness, lest any man should boast. I'm thankful today that once you come into the kingdom, God touches you and you do works of righteousness. But let me tell you something, walking with God, living with God, speaking with God, walking upright with Him, He blesses that. He loves to see somebody just give themselves to God. To be holy. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. The very thing we read earlier in Proverbs this morning, he talked about, you know, depart from evil. 
evil and do good. It's health to your body and marrow to your bones. Honor, and then goes on about honoring the Lord with substance. I know for years and years I didn't understand that. My mom tried to tell me. We always tithe. We believe in it. But the Word of God tells very, honor the Lord. It's honor. You know, it's, it's not always something that somebody deserves, but you honor them. None of us are perfect, right? But we honor one another. And he says, just honor the Lord with your substance. First fruits of all your increase. And that's all I have to say about money today. It's just all of it. It's trust. It's being led. It's not thinking you're wise in your own eyes. It's departing from evil. It's being generous to God. There's so many principles. Those are the principles. Matter of fact, I, I brought Stevie, uh, uh, Stephen uh, a uh, card today with something in it for him for his graduation. And at it, Stephen, you'll look in there and I'll say the verses that have helped me in my life more than any other are Proverbs chapter 3, and I trust they'll be yours as well. Amen. Praise God. And I believe that. Do you understand? Living for God, walking with God, following God. But he says this, verses 5 and 6, it begins with trust. I want you to say again, have trust. I want to say this to you, though, but there's more than just trust. It is finding the will of God. He said, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Now, how does he do that? Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man, point to your spirit right in here. Your spirit's in you. He said, out of your inner being, your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So he says, the spirit of man is the light bulb or electric of God. Now notice, what does it do? Searching all the inward parts of his being. Say, what is the spirit of God doing? Sometimes when you get quiet before him and you're waiting before him, he's searching on the inside. You see, in the old covenant, they did not have the Spirit of God living in them like you and I do. You see, once the, the, the veil was rent in twain, the Spirit of God moved out of the holiest of holies and moved into man. Only the prophet, the priest, and the king had the Spirit of God come upon them in the old covenant. But I'm so grateful in the new covenant, when Jesus came to live in our heart, he made us a brand new creation on the inside. If any man be in Christ, he's brand new. Old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And he leads us by the inner man that he's made new. Aren't you glad for that? Sometimes you'll go to make a decision and something on the inside of you is just checking you. You can't say the Lord spoke to you. You can't say you heard anything from the Lord, but that is the Lord. He's coming along on the inside of you and he's checking you. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. That's not what you need to do. And then if you'll just learn to follow that. If you'll just learn to follow that. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. In the new covenant, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and settled in us and on us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And He leads us. I'm so glad that I'm, when I don't know what to do, I don't know which way to turn, I can lean on Him. And sometimes I'll spend the whole, you know, a good part of the evening praying, the wee hours of the morning. I don't get a thing, not one thing. I just trust. People use faith for different reasons. I use it to be led of the Spirit more than any other way. I'll just walk with the Lord, and I know He's going to come through. Sometimes I'll go to bed, and He hasn't said a word. Not, no impression, no nothing. I just built myself up praying in the Holy Spirit. And the next morning, I don't know how it happened. From some time, from the time I went to sleep, 
until I got up the next morning, God impregnated me with his will. With, see, faith begins. F.F. F. Bosworth said that faith begins, doesn't end, but it begins where the will of God is known. I tell you, your faith needs to be connected to being led. Hallelujah. Be led by the Spirit of God in the church. You don't always know that you should be here. I mean, I think about Lakeland, Florida. There's nowhere in the Bible I can find that I needed to pastor 35 years in Lakeland, Florida. Nowhere. Nowhere in the Bible. I found the call of God in the Bible. I found that God will direct us in the Bible, but I didn't have any way of knowing. I actually was planning to go to St. Augustine, Florida and start a church about three and a half hours from Lakeland. I had every intention of building a church there once I believed God wanted me to pastor a church. It's one thing to know he wants you to pastor, but now where does he want you to pastor? That's as important as that he wants you to pastor. And I'd planned, B and I'd planned to go there during our break from school when we were studying for the ministry. We had decided to go to, to, uh, down to Augustine, St. Augustine, and pick a place and look at because we only had just a few months left. And all of a sudden, I was up actually playing the organ for Brother Hagen at one of his camp meetings. And B had gone on to St. Petersburg to spend some time with her mother. And I was going to fly into Tampa, pick her up. We were going to St. Augustine. I was walking in the house, gave me a week to pray. And just as clearly, I don't mean audibly, but just as real in my spirit rang these words. St. Augustine's not it. I tell you, it's just as important to know what isn't as it is what is. St. Augustine's not it. So I, I go on through. I knew now that there's no point going to St. Augustine. That's not where we're going. And so I fly into Tampa. My wife picks me up. She'd been visiting her mom's, I said. She picks me up at the airport. I hated to tell her. Because you know, ladies, are in, they, they, they want to know where their children are going to have security. St. Augustine's not in. I'm riding along in the car, and I said, B, the Lord has spoken to me this week. And he said to me, St. Augustine is not it. Do you know what her next question was? How many can guess? Where is it? I said, I don't know. I just know that's not it. You remember Jesse had these seven sons, he thought. The prophet went, Samuel went down to his house. You remember that? And he's going to pick out the king for Israel. And he went through seven. And the Lord never told him which one it was. He just told him who wasn't. He's not it. This is not the one. Went through seven. I can only imagine being a prophet what it felt like when he got to the seventh one. God had sent him there to anoint a king in Jesse's house, and not one of them were approved. Not one. So finally he says, you have any more sons? He said, well, I got a little teenager out there watching sheep. Go get him and bring him in. See, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So B, when B said that to me, what is it? B, I don't know. Let's just follow God. We were getting ready to stop off in Lakeland just to see some friends on our way because we'd lived there a lot of years. I hadn't even thought of anything about going to Lakeland to start a church. I was going to St. Augustine. She and I pulled off the interstate off I-4, and both of us, simultaneously, we've never done it since. We had never done it before, but we started weeping just weeping. And God said, this is it. I'll tell you, when you find where's it, 
It's the most peaceful thing in the world. Yeah, see, I can get a general direction from the written Word of God and thank God for that. But specific directions, I have to follow God in. They'll always be scriptural. They'll never contradict the Word of God. But you have to trust Him to lead you and to guide you by His Spirit. I remember the church. Pastor Steve, you'll probably enjoy this. I remember the church. When we moved from the building we were in to the grounds we're still on to this day and have expanded and worked and built. But I had planned, there were three different buildings, four actually, major buildings. But uh, I had planned to buy one of them because it was a commercial piece and I was, I was concerned somebody was going to come buy it before we could buy it. Or um, uh, a gym in the back. And there was a commercial piece on the side. And I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and buy the gym first. And one day the Lord, in this praying, like I'm telling you, walking, praying, walk. When you're not sure, can I come down there and look at y'all? When you're not sure, just walk and pray. Just in your house, walk and pray. Don't, don't be wise in your own eyes. Trust Him. And I was just walking and praying. Walking and praying. And the Lord spoke to me. Now, when I say the Lord spoke to me, I don't want you to think He talks to me every day because He doesn't. These are years of cumulative things. I want you to know that. But I'm just walking and praying. And I hear Him say, you got it backwards. What do you mean I have it backwards? I don't want you to buy that building. I want you to buy this one because this one's commercial value and it's going to go, to, it's going to go if you don't buy it. I bought that, then I bought the one behind it, then I bought the other one, and the whole place now is ours, and we've had enough room. I want to tell you another thing. Can I tell you one more story? Because I believe they relate to our lives. We were planning on buying a, 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 a building across the, the highway, big, big sanctuary, and uh, um, we wanted to build right where we were, but we couldn't get the land. That just would not sell us the land. So we found this one place that was available to us, the people wanted us to have it. Uh, Southeastern University was going to buy our facilities because it's right close to them. We had everything worked out. But every time you talk to the people, they keep changing the price. Keep changing the price. Keep changing the price. One Saturday night. Now, now remind, I want you to remember, I couldn't buy the land behind us. It wasn't for sale. But one Saturday night, I'm getting ready to shut my computer top. I'd been in there putting my notes down for Sunday and I went to shut the top. I remember just much as yesterday, just shut the top. And the Lord said, now we turn to the Gentiles. I knew what he meant. Most people wouldn't even known, wouldn't have really caught what the Lord meant. But I remember when Paul finally had to said, the Jews have rejected us. Now we're going to turn to the Gentiles. I knew exactly what he meant. They've kept turning us down. They kept, now you turn to the Gentiles. Now I had to call by faith that Monday morning. Actually, I had my son Sean call and tell him we're not, we're out. We're not doing anymore. We're not negotiating another minute. They kept jerking us around and changing us. I'm, I'm just sharing with you. And, um, Anyhow, it was, it was a tough situation. This is what's the beauty. One week from the time the Lord said to me, turn and go another way, the people that owned the land behind us called and we know did we want it. 
We bought it, and today, today we have a 3,000-seat auditorium sitting right there where that place where we couldn't get. I'm telling God is able to do for me what He'll do for you, and for you what He'll do for me. Hallelujah. He's as mindful of you as He is this house. He's just as interested in your house as He is this house because you're a child of God, and God wants to bless you. And today, I just came to encourage you. Hallelujah. I'm t- Come on and shout with me and give Him praise. Give him praise tonight, this morning. Give him high praise. I found that if I'll just keep trusting the Lord and keep walking, things may change a little bit from what I originally thought, but it's always going to be better. I want you to point to yourself. Say, it's always going to end up better. Therefore, I don't need to get discouraged. I just need to keep looking. I need to keep looking with the eyes of faith. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise in his house. Come on and give him praise in his house. He's able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we could ask or think according to his power that's at work in us. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Steve, would you come here? I know you're going to close in just a minute. I don't preach real long. Somebody asked me one time in my home church. I was preaching. I just, matter of fact, was there last Sunday in my home church in North Carolina. Came down this way. My sister dropped me off. But uh, a preacher one day, uh, this, this, I said when I stood up, I said, now, I don't preach real long. And I said, the reason is I don't know that much. I was telling my home church this. Well, they had a preacher that preached long. Just, he's not there now, but I just wanted to have some little fun with this. He preached long-winded messages. So one of the members on the way out the door, so Pastor Steve, just be careful on your way out the door. But, but, but one of the members on the way out the door said, Pastor, to him, I'm standing there right there, but he said, you must know a lot. <laughs> Pastor Steve, I want you to know I love you. I'm proud of you. You and Amy and all that God's doing. I want to pray over you in this house. Would you stretch your hands towards your pastor? Father, I thank you for a man of God that loves you, a family that loves you, a church that's full of the love of God and the presence of Jesus. We thank you for the presence that's in this house, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we recognize it is not by our abilities. We thank you for whatever abilities we have, but it's not by those. It's not by our might or our ability, but by your Spirit. So, Spirit, I, Father, I pray a fresh wind of the Spirit flow in this house and upon Pastor Steve and all of the people connected with Family Worship Center. Come by your wind. Come by your wind and blow in this house and all the houses that are yet to come, those that are and are yet to come. We give you praise for what you're doing in South Carolina through this ministry. And we thank you. We thank you for those in this house that have caught the vision, who are part of the plan. I pray blessings over them and their families and their lives. Do what only you can do as we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. Say it with me. 
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, do everything you want to do. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Just do what you want to do. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Sing it with me. Thou art the potter. I am. Now sing it. Mold me and make me. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting yielded and still I pray over you church I pray over your family your children your husband your wife your mom, your dad. I pray over everything that concerns you that God will do for you everything that's needed. That your whole trust will be in Him. And when you're tempted to be disappointed, just say out loud, I'm trusting for something better. Say that with me one more time. I'm trusting for something. God bless you, church. I love you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.